everyone. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdBits. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, holding gold coins in an IRA at home, possible or not? Well, the short answer is it's not. And I wanted to do this podcast and I've done a similar podcast some, some time ago. But a recent case uh, just came out November 18, 2021, Andrew McNulty v. Commissioner. And this is kind of the first, I think it's the first, at least the last 10 or so years, um, where the IRS finally got a good case that they could run with that um, clearly shows that you can't hold IRS-approved metals or coins in direct violation of 408M of the code at home. So this was a slam dunk case. I mean, I just can't believe it actually went to court and they, they didn't settle it. I'm not sure why the taxpayers fought this thing. They seem to have wasted money on lawyers. They probably could have set, well, I don't know if they would have settled anyways, but they, they should have just paid the tax, but it was a no win. So I think it's an interesting fact pattern to go through um, because it kind of is a great example. Uh, well, not kind of, it is a good example of, of what you should and should not do when you purchase metals uh, in a uh, IRA or 401k. So just some background here. 408M, as in Michael, is the provision that states that IRS approved gold, silver, palladium, bullion, as well as American Eagle state-minted coins, bullion coins, uh, are not deemed collectibles, thus they're permitted to be purchased in an IRA, but they need to be held in the physical possession of a trustee. And if you go through the definition of a trustee, it essentially is a U.S. depository. Okay, so these folks, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Um, McNulty, they set up an IRA and uh, back in 2015. Thankfully, they didn't use IRA Financial because I would have, uh, we would have told them not to do it this way. But they used uh, another company and a IRA custodian. I won't mention the name. You can read the case if you're interested. It's not IRA Financial. And they essentially funded the checkbook control IRA LC. So it was an IRA owned the LC. And the funds went from, uh, it was a rollover from the retirement account to the new IRA and then to the LC. And at that point, the managers of the LCs were McNulty's who then purchased precious metals and had the metals sent to their home and they supposedly kept the metals or these coins in their house. So clearly, um, if you look at 408M, the tax code, um, it's in clear violation. You're not able to hold IRS approved metals in a, a home. It's as clear as day. Um, our industry has been fighting this for a while. Not sure if any of you heard over the years, but I heard it repeatedly almost every morning when I drive to work, listening to like ESPN radio, Sirius radio, there'd be these commercials from these gold dealers, which are totally unre unre relegated, regulated, I should say, obviously, because um, there's 
spewing all kinds of nonsense and lies saying that they can help you uh, buy gold in an IRA and hold it at home. And, you know, our industry just went crazy about this stuff because it's totally wrong, right? It's like telling someone they don't have to follow a tax return. It's lies and, and innuendo and, and dangerous lies. So clearly this person was misinformed. And if they looked at 408M or they, they worked with a company that um, actually, um, you know, understood the rules, they would have known that under 408M of the Internal Revenue Code, it's clear that gold must be held or palladium, um, silver, or American Eagle statemented coins must be held in the physical possession. And it says here, if such bullion is in the physical possession of a trustee. Okay, so it's pretty clear. Now, some people have made the point that if you look at Section 408M, um, you can look at, a talks about any coin, which is a gold coin, silver coin, platinum coin, or a coin used by any state. And then B talks about gold, silver, platinum, palladium. And then the if such bullion directly correlates to the gold, silver, platinum, palladium bullion, not the coins. Um, it was just poorly written. Clearly the intent of the uh, IRS was that these um, the metals would apply to, or, or I wouldn't say the metals, but clearly the rules would apply to bullion and um, coins. Like there's no reason that there would be a distinction between bullion and coins, but it was just poorly drafted. Um, it should have said if such bullion or coins is in the physical possession, it just didn't say that. So I guess some people took the position that coins could be held at home. Um, and clearly that's what the McNulty's felt and they shipped the, go the coins to their personal residence and they were stay stored in a safe there uh, along with coins purchased with funds from their IRA. So not only did they keep it at home, but they actually commingled it, which is even worse. So maybe if they held it in a safe deposit box and they weren't commingled, uh, maybe they'd have a case, but I just have no idea why they decided to pursue this, pay the tax and go to tax court. Makes no sense. Um, this is a loser. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of what happened. And I wanted to talk about this case because now we have clear case law that states unequivocally that if you buy gold or iris co approved coins, you need to store them in a depository. You should not hold them at home. You should not mix them with anything. You need to store them at a depository. Okay, so um, that's clear uh, right now. But it's an interesting case because a few other wrinkles here. Um, again, the court case clearly, again, um, codifies the fact that single member IRLCs are legal, talks about that. Um, the one thing I didn't like is it kind of expands the definition, uh, at least in the IRS's mind, uh, of control. So the one part of the case I did not like is it seems that the IRS um, is, is, and the court, at least in their opinion, gave it some uh, qualification that if the taxpayer has too much control over an asset, it could end up being taxable. Okay, and in this case, clearly they violated 408M. I mean, that's all they needed to state. They just needed to state and cite the statute and, and the opinion should have been two pages. I mean, go through the facts, which are weren't in dispute and the fact that, hey, you violated 408M, clearly it's a taxable distribution. That's what occurred. but the court went into um, some length and talked about the fact that 
the taxpayer exercised control over the asset, right? And they talked about that. The fact is it's not the intent for the taxpayer to have control over the coin. So they wrote here, it is on the basis of Ms. McNulty's control over the coin that she had a taxable distribution. Well, they didn't need to say that. All they need to say is that McNulty violated 408M. They didn't hold the coins in a physical possession of a trustee and thus the transaction is deemed taxable. But seems what the IRS is trying to push is this concept that, hey, if a taxpayer has control over an asset, it becomes taxable. So in the case of real estate, obviously you're allowed holding the deed. If you are buying stocks, then clearly even a, even a private placement um, stock um, transfer document or stock certificate, um, clearly that's not the control they're, they're looking at because you can't do anything with that stock certificate, right? You can't turn that into fiat or buy a car with it. Uh, in this case, they were worried because gold is an asset and clearly you can change gold for something. So they felt that McNulty's had too much control over the asset. Now, this brings into the larger discussion of digital assets. Now, this case does not discuss digital assets, but if you have an IRA that owns Bitcoin and you move the, move the Bitcoin into a cold wallet, you now have more control over it. Yes, there's no provision in the tax code like 408M that applies to digital assets that talks about physical possession. The idea of con the concept behind the physical possession requirement for gold goes back into the history of gold and how the government wanted more control over the supply of gold because of the fact that our money supply was tied to the gold standard. That's obviously no longer the case. Um, which again makes this whole physical possession requirement kind of obsolete, but nevertheless, it's still in the tax code and still something the IRS is pursuing. So how does this even apply to digital assets? So on one side, yeah, you can make the argument that personal control over IRA assets by the IRA owner is against the nature of an IRA. And that's what the IRS is at least seemingly trying to stop, right? In the uh, opinion, it talks about Miss McNulty has complete unfettered control over the coins and was free to use them in any way she chose. This is true irrespective of the LLC's purported ownership of the coin. So taking this to digital assets or Bitcoin, the fact that, hey, if you move Bitcoin off Gemini into a cold wallet, you do have complete unfettered control over that digital coin. Now, does that create a taxable distribution? It could, right? We don't know. We don't know. This is the first case now that talks about, at least there's some framework in the opinion that gives credence to the fact that the tax court, based off the IRS's discussion, is now focusing on complete unfettered control, right? And digital assets like cryptos are somewhat akin to gold, right? A lot of people have claimed Bitcoin is a digital gold. This doesn't really apply, as I mentioned, to real estate or other assets because there is no value in holding a stock certificate. It doesn't have any value, right? It's, it's immaterial. You need to hold the stock certificate somewhere, but you can't go to a store and change the stock certificate, exchange it for a slice of pizza or something. Where digital assets you could, right? If you have Bitcoin in a cold wallet in your IRA, even if it's separate from the um, personal Bitcoin you own, 
Technically, you can change it to fiat and you have unfettered control over those coins. So it is um, something that we're going to have to look into. Um, this is, again, this opinion letter just or this court, the case opinion was just released November 18, 2021. So that's something we need to look into. Um, you know, again, just going through the document, it states in, in different and many occurrences, hey, Miss McNulty took possession of the coins and had complete control over them. Accordingly, she had taxable distribution. So if you have cryptos in a cold wallet, you have control over them, even if they're tied into your IRA through Gemini, um, that could be an issue. Now, there's something we're going to look into in terms of security. Can we try to um, restrict who, who they can be um, sent to? So we have some ideas that we're working with our security team. Um, but I wanted to mention this because it's something that's fluid. We, as I mentioned, this, this case just was recently um, published. So this is the first published case that talks about control and is in relation to 408M. Now, when I re first read this uh, opinion, it was super clear, again, that this was in violation of 408M. But what I, what I was a little bit surprised about how the court went into so much detail about control when it just wasn't necessary. Um, this was a, I don't know, 20 page tax court opinion, more 20 to be exact, 25, seven pages, 26 pages. Um, it should have been three pages, right? It, it, there nothing else they needed to say. Um, all they needed to say is that it violated the statute 48M because it wasn't in physical possession of a trustee. Um, so um, I'm not sure again why um, they even went this far. Uh, they didn't argue um, that they got any professional advice. They just basically argued um, that the IRA LLC um, would have allowed them to do this, which makes no sense. Um, so kind of a slam dunk case. It's clearly why, why the IRS pursued it. Um, and, and that's simply, um, you know, why, why it kind of went this far. It didn't have to, they should have just paid the tax and moved on. Um, but this is what we have. So taking what we can learn from this case is we, uh, from a digital asset, it doesn't apply really anything other than precious metals or digital assets. If you own private placements or real estate or stocks or ETFs or loans, um, this, this case won't have much application to you because, um, you clearly don't have control over the money when you have a, you hold a, a loan note or you hold a private placement stock certificate or you hold a real estate deed. But when you hold gold or you hold Bitcoin and you have some control over it, there is some cause for concern. Um, clearly 408M would just take out the whole argument for precious metals or coins, but for digital assets like Bitcoin, um, we need to kind of um, dig a little deeper, spend some time evaluating, analyzing this, um, this case, and then see what controls we can put in to make um, the case that if you hold cryptos in a cold wallet, which a lot of people do, why? Not to be uh, spiteful, not to have any more control, but just to um, not to protect those assets from fraud, right? That's the big thing is that there's hacks and people want to protect their cryptos from hacks. Um, and they'd rather, they feel a lot safer if they're off the exchange where they control the private keys 
and they're off the internet and they're in a cold wallet and they're in a safe. And the question is, how much control do you have over that? And is it too much control? And will the IRS argue that's a taxable distribution? We don't know. There's no case law. Obviously, digital assets are quite new. Uh, precious metals have been around for a long time. And, and this is really the first case about control uh, in violation of 408M. So uh, there'll probably be some time um, until we um, learn more about how this can apply to um, digital assets. But anyways, this is something that we're looking at, talking to our attorneys, um, uh, something I'm researching as well as a tax attorney, and looking at, and talking to our tech folks about ways that we can give people control of the cryptos. Well, I don't want to say control. I want to say access to, to the cryptos in a cold wallet without having total control where they're still directly linked to um, the IRA. So there you go. That is um, the case. I'll, I'll do a blog about this as well. Uh, it's, it's McNulty v. Uh, Commissioner. Um, the citation on it, I'll give you the citation if you're interested. I'm also going to do a blog on this um, if, um, if you're interested to read. It's um, 1377-19 or 157-TC number 10. Um, that's the site, the 157 tax court number 10. And um, you can read it. It's, it's pretty easy read, well-written opinion. Uh, but it did go into some depth on the concept of control. So anyways, if you have American Eagles or gold, silver, palladium, bullion, do not hold them at home. Hold them at a depository. It's safe. It's secured. Yeah, it does cost a little bit more money, but it's required by the tax code. So you have no choice. Uh, when it applies to digital assets, we shall see. Um, right. Uh, I personally do. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about holding. Uh, I don't want to say anything at this point, but um, so if the IRS is, is uh, listening, uh, they don't need to audit me. But um, I've thought about holding my IRA Bitcoin in a cold wallet. Um, just from a security standpoint, right? Not to be spiteful or to, to um, circumvent rules, but obviously just to protect my uh, cryptos from, from hacks. So I do think it's, it's, a, it's a different analysis than gold because first of all, there's no statute. 408M does not apply to digital assets. So that whole physical possession requirement does not apply to digital assets. Clearly the case, the, the court is trying to expand it to other assets. Um, they didn't mention digital but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. So to be continued, I would say. But other than that, thank you so much for listening. Um, interesting case. There has been a lot of interesting IRA cases in, in the COVID time. So I thought this was uh, pretty interesting and uh, appreciate you guys um, sticking with me for a few minutes today and um, subscribe if you haven't already. Some, some great stuff. This is a weekly podcast that drops every Tuesday. You can also check out Adam Talks every Wednesday and AdBits every Thursday. And you can find them wherever you find your podcast. Or you can also just check out our YouTube channel at IRA Financial and you can just listen to them there. So thanks again. Have a great rest of your day and talk to everyone again soon. <laughs>